This is your host, Dr. Shane and Liz Watt with the Be Healthy Naturally podcast, episode number two. Welcome to the best 20 minutes of natural health education and enlightenment on the web today. This is the Be Healthy Naturally podcast. Knowledge, empower, and elevate are the keys to living a happy, healthy life. With your hosts, often known as the Dynamic Duo, Dr. Shane Watt, a chiropractic physician, and Liz Watt, a holistic wellness expert. We bring our knowledge and education together to create a new way of thinking to elevate your life and your health. In order for you to live your best life, you have to elevate your learning. Hi everyone, we want to welcome you to this week's podcast, and it's our number two that we've done so far. This week, we're going to be sharing a lot of information about the book that we wrote. It's called Healthy Gut, Healthy Mind, Healthy Life, A Healthy Approach to Your Microbiome. In this book, we talk a lot about the microbiome and how to increase the microbiome and ways that we are diminishing it. You know, we, as we've talked about before, that we feel that the microbiome is the cornerstone of our health. The reason we got into gut health especially is because of some of the issues that Liz was having and then as well because I had transformed my practice into more functional health and gut health is the absolute key to any chronic health or any chronic problem that you're having. If you don't change that part of your life then you will never get healthy is our belief. We have a motto and it's give knowledge, empower others, and elevate lives. And so we want to just empower you and give you this knowledge about the microbiome and ways, different things that affect the microbiome so that you can implement this in your life and that you can make better choices and be healthier. We really want you to know more when we're done with this than what you knew before, but Absolutely. Please go to our website, BeHealthyUtah.com, and you can download the whole book so you can get the, a better understanding of the whole um, concept of, of the book. But this is just kind of a basic intro, some information that you can have so you can at least start the process. One of the things that I found at, in a doctor-patient relationship that I can't Um, do anything with patients to help them get well in the functional health side of things if we do not change their gut health. Um, And it can't be a thing that, hey, doctor, I'm now a patient of yours, so I want you to fix me. We can never do that. It has to be a combination of of both of us working together. Um, Here's the the hard hard truth to this whole thing is you are where you are because of the choices you've made. Now, unfortunately, that's not necessarily willing choices, but it's willingly or unwillingly. Your health is where it is is because of a lot of the choices that you've made. And sometimes we've, all of us have tried to do things and tried to act on ways we can change. But a really simple thing is, sometimes you just have to borrow a brain is what I say. Because you have to just go to other people who are experts in the field and find out information. So even like athletes have coaches, you know, that's one of the reasons why we're doing this podcast is because we want you to be able to be able to turn to us in some of the things that we do um, and uh, some of the experts that we'll have on the podcast 
so that you can, like I said, borrow brain, use other people's information. I'm gonna ask you a couple of questions. How many of you understand or believe that the food you eat affects your brain function? How many of you realize that the food you eat has a direct effect on your overall well-being as well as your personal psychology? Now I'm gonna kinda change that thought process a little bit because it's not 100% true. The new science actually tells us it's not always the food we eat, but it's how the bugs in our gut are affected by the food we eat that really do change our brain. So we're going to talk more about that, and we want you to be able to have a healthy gut, a healthy mind, and a healthy life. The best thing that I can do for any patient is to change their gut health, whether it's peripheral neuropathy, fibromyalgia, diabetes, anxiety, depression. All of it is based on our personal microbiome. Now, for some of you that don't understand what the microbiome is, um, it's kind of a new term that's being used in the last few years. It's basically the microbes, the bacteria, fungi, viruses that live in or on our body. Here's the reality. We have 20 times more bugs than we do cells in our body. And until recently, we didn't understand their importance we, uh, of how dependent we are on these bugs. They help us digest food. They help in the production of vitamins and fatty acids, regulate our immune system, and they fight, fight off all those bad guys. So this is how I was able to be helped, is that we really focused on my microbiome and changing that by doing many different things, which we're going to talk about a little bit later. But in order for you to become healthy, you really have to first focus on your microbiome. And there's a lot of different things that we consume in our lives that uh, really affect it. The number one bad boy is sugar. Um, we now eat an average of 22 teaspoons of sugar a day. And the sad thing is teenagers are eating more than 34 teaspoons of sugar every day. Sugar raises our blood glucose. It triggers an insulin surge. Um, it makes us actually hungry. Therefore, it causes us to gain weight. It reduces the good cholesterol. It skyrockets our triglycerides. And it has a major component to the inflammation of our body and our brain. In fact, uh, a lot of people are now talking about sugar being one of those a poison, which it truly is. And we're not even going to talk about the fake sugar aspect because that's a whole other ball game, and that's not good for us. And don't don't fall into the trap thinking that the fake sugars are better for you. So what I did is, in order for me to change my microbiome, is I had to revamp my pantry. I had to take out the canned soups, the pastas, all of the things that were in canisters, boxes, containers, things like that. I had to take that out. And I had to focus on having a nutrient-dense diet. That is where you, you get all of your nutrients from the foods that you eat. I also added in bone broth, aloe vera. I made detoxifying drinks that had like celery, lemon, cilantro, cayenne, ginger, beets. I did magnesium baths and um, got in our near-infrared sauna because that really helps detoxify your liver. That's something that we actually made. 
So we actually made our own sauna, so you don't have to go out and spend a fortune on them. You can if you choose, but we actually made one ourselves. And then I also implemented intermittent fasting, which really helped to regulate my blood sugar levels. When I first started in chiropractic school, we always heard about um, how you want to eat every couple hours because it keeps your, it makes it so you're not hungry and your body doesn't think it's starving. Um, the latest research shows that that's not accurate at all. The best thing is, is the intermittent fasting. So you, you are basically not eating for longer than a 12-hour period. Another thing that I did was that I really focused on adding in the good bugs. We have a lot of bad bugs wanting to take over. So we need to combat this battle within us and introduce the good bugs so that the good bugs can be more than the bad bugs. And in return, these bad bugs can start to die off. So what is meant by bad bugs? and good bugs. Well, obviously bad bugs are the ones that are gonna make you sick, and good bugs are the ones gonna help you to be healthy. But just because what we think of as bad bugs are not necessarily always bad, it's just if they have too high of a quantity. Um, the latest science tells us the importance of the, of the microbiome for our brain. It produces, those good bacteria produce fatty acids and many vitamins for our brains they produce, help produce hormones and amino acids. So think about this. All the stuff that we never knew before um, in terms of the bacteria, we are now understanding, and this is what I want you to understand, that the, these good bacteria in our body help in the production of hormones, vitamins, and this is all cutting-edge stuff. Most of your MDs probably don't even realize that because, unfortunately, they're behind in the science, especially when it comes to this. They only know that, oh yeah, the immune system is housed in the gut, but they don't understand why. If you tell them it's because of the bacteria and the good bugs that you have, the microbiome, they don't necessarily know that. So what are the, some of the best ways that we can increase our bacteria? Well, the, one of the best things is what is called fermentation. And Liz has a great story and explanation of that. There's many different kinds of fermentations that you can do. You can do fermented vegetables, you can do kefir, yogurt, kombucha, vinegar, and there's also some other ones too. But I strongly believe that fermented vegetables is the biggest bang for your buck. We also incorporate a lot of kefir, and that's the fermented milk. You can also do it with a coconut milk or a nut milk. But unfortunately, the kefir grains really flourish in in a milk base and so and we've tried those others and they just haven't been like successful you think i don't just, think it's been we just haven't had it we tried it and we just haven't seen the success you know i know a lot of you guys may have dairy issues but we just found with the actual kefir that doing whole milk um not the two percent not the one percent is just the best thing to do and so if you choose not to have any of the the dairy which a lot of people do then there's plenty of other ones that you can incorporate that are not dairy, such as kombucha. Um, I'm not a huge fan of kombucha, there, even though there's a huge rage going on right now yeah, of kombucha. Yeah, we actually just don't do it. We just don't do kombucha for multiple reasons. Yeah, and you know, it has a lot of sugars in it, and so we just choose not to do that. But another one that I really enjoy is vinegar. I really like making vinegar 
And when you have, when you make your vinegar, you know, you, you do add some sugar to it, but this fermentation is a long time. Like kombucha, you only ferment it for a short amount of time, but vinegar, you know, you can do it for three, even up to like nine months. It depends on the kind of vinegar you're making and also the weather, the time of the year. How hot it is, yeah, because in the summer it ferments a little faster. And we do all kinds of different ones. We do pineapple, strawberry, we do different berries. We've, we've had success with all those. And we've had failures too, so it doesn't always work exactly perfect. Yeah, it, it sometimes doesn't. Our, sometimes our pantry smells like a little bit of a, like a brewery because we put it up on the top shelf there. But it's a great source, and, and Liz has done a great job with that. And so the reason why vinegar does take longer, though, is because it first has to go through an alcohol state, and then it goes to a vinegar state. And so that sugar that's in there, really, it gets eaten up by it. By the time you get your vinegar, there really is not that much sugar in it. So that's why I really like vinegar. And our kids will put it in their in their drinks in the morning, you know, and they don't have a problem with it. And especially some of them actually have some fairly good flavor because, like I said, we've done cranberry, blueberry, strawberry, pineapple. We've done multiple different kinds, and it's worked out really well. So how many of you are taking a probiotic? Now, most of you know what a probiotic is because we've had so much advertising them. There's all kinds of now TV commercials on probiotics. How many of you think you're taking a good probiotic because now you're getting it at a health food store or whatever? Um, here's the thing. Probiotics are just like any other thing that's being marketed. You can have good stuff and you can have bad stuff. And I'm just going to tell you that if you're getting your probiotics generally at a big box store, and I'm just going to be honest, Costco takes a lot of our money. We have six kids, so they take a lot of our money. We love Costco. But the products there, um, especially in the natural kind of health stuff, they're cheaper there because a lot of them are just flat out cheaper. Here's the thing I want you to understand. Just because it has more strains or more millions there is no science behind that saying that that's better. So don't um, get caught up in that kind of, in that trap. Here's the thing you want to be able to understand. If your probiotic can do five things, then you have a good probiotic. Number one, do they make it through the stomach acid? So a lot of these cheaper probiotics don't even get through the stomach acid, and that's the first line of defense, right? Do they make it past the bile salts? Do they make it through the pancreatic enzymes? Does your immune system treat them as a friend or as a foe? And then once they get to where they need to get, do they play nice with the other bacteria? I would venture that probably a high percentage of the probiotics out on the market today aren't doing that. And we found a company that I am very confident in that does, that does that, and they use what is called a spore form probiotic. And you can look that up a little bit more. I just don't want to go into that. We're not trying to sell stuff to you right on, on this podcast. But it's a spore form probiotic that can get through those five important obstacles to actually work and to actually do what they're supposed to do. Now, can a probiotic from Costco help you? Absolutely, because generally taking taking a probiotic is going to be better than not taking a probiotic. But in my mind, to get the best bang for your dollar and to get the most out of your probiotic, you want to take the right kind. 
Okay, so we need to remove most of the bad bacteria and we need to replace it with good bacteria. We need to have a proper balance in our gut. And a lot of times people are afraid of bacteria because they've heard it so many times with the antibiotics. So often what we do is we try to kill the, bad, the bacteria. But in the meantime, we're actually, when we're trying to kill the bad bacteria, we are killing the good bacteria, and this is our body's own defense mechanism. What are ways that we are killing off this good bacteria? The number one is antibiotics. If you have taken an antibiotic, you have absolutely destroyed good gut flora. There's no ins and outs about it. And the problem is, is that right now, even the CDC is telling medical doctors to knock it off. They're telling them to stop prescribing antibiotics for every little thing. And it's starting to come in full circle now where they're actually starting to learn from that. But for many years, they were just handing out antibiotics without even thinking about it. One of the biggest problems that people don't realize is the hidden antibiotics. 80% of all the antibiotics sold in the country today are sold to meat companies. So what's happening is these meat companies are using antibiotics to help actually bolster their size and the amount of meat um, that is being produced by the animals. And so antibiotics are now coming through us in a secondhand stream. Another way that we are killing off this good bacteria is through the antibacterial hand soap. Now I understand that this is good, like in hospitals and things like that. But what happened is this came out and now it's on it's in almost in all of our bathrooms. They put it in almost every soap for the for the bathroom. And so when we wash our hands throughout the day, we are removing all of this good bacteria. And like I said, it's one of our self mechanisms to be able to keep the good bacteria that we need inside of us. Another one is household cleaners. There's a lot of things that are in these cleaners that are killing off not only the bad bacteria, but the good bacteria. And then every mom is very familiar with this next one, hand sanitizer. How many times are we putting it on our kids' hands every time they eat or go anywhere? We're putting this hand sanitizer on it and with the hand sanitizer, what we don't realize is that the alcohol that's on it, when it evaporates, it's taking away our, our natural barrier that's on there. And so what does that do? It is it, it, Then it exposes us to everything that's out there. So next time you get out the hand sanitizer, I want you to think twice about it. Maybe all you need to do is just wash your hands off with some water. Yeah, and that's what's happened is we really have become over-sensitive to the bacteria, you know, all the advertising, you know, like one of the worst things that we can do, another one is is chlorine. Well, chlorine's in all the swimming pools, right? Because it's trying to kill the E. coli and the Giardia and all those kind of things. But chlorine is also in like Clorox bleach, right? Things of that nature. Um, and so what happens is, is these, this chlorine is, is, is a killer and it kills the good bacteria in our system. Um, it's classified as a chemical weapon if you have too much of it. Recently, we just had an event here in Utah that uh, they had major chlorine 
overspill into a pool and there was all kinds of kids that got sick and it was it was quite a disaster actually and it's because of how dangerous chlorine can be for our system but the one of the reasons why it's so dangerous is because it does kill all those good bacteria one of the most common and severe problems that we have right now is glyphosate and you've probably heard that as roundup and one of the coolest things I think right now is there's commercials out right now on how to sue to if you've gotten cancer because of glyphosate. What's happened is is originally that was put out to the, to the um, American people saying it's safe, it's okay, because in reality it actually is safe for the human being. The problem is it's not safe for the bugs in the human being. And that is how it's affecting everybody. That's how it's destroying um, our own health. It, fit, it interferes with the amino acid production, and that's why it affects our, our bodies. It inhibits enzymes that detoxify our body. It inhibits the regulation of vitamin D and also cholesterol. And when these depleted amino acids, um, it leads to things like obesity, depression, autism, um, IBS, Alzheimer's, Parkinson's, all kinds of things. But here's the scariest thing. Just 10 years ago, over 180 million pounds were used in the United States. Now, that was 10 years ago. It hasn't gotten better, so it's a lot more now. And so really be careful of using Roundup um, in your daily um, summer, summer days of working out in the yard. The other thing is, what do we eat? What are we eating? And that does affect our gut health. You know, for years, they were, we were told that we were supposed to eat fiber. Well, everyone thought that we were supposed to eat fiber because fiber helped our digestion, helped move things through our digestive tract. Actually, that's not the case. The reason that fiber has been so good for our body is because that's what our bacteria live on. And so here's the thing you want to do. You want to eat lots of different kinds of foods. All your vegetables are, should be the most important and lots of different kinds of vegetables. So when we're talking about probiotics, you, if you just take a probiotic and think you're good, you're not. You want to incorporate dietary changes. You want to have all kinds of different colors, different types of foods, and that's what helps. The more good bacteria you can have that are diverse, the better your health is going to be and the better gut health you're going to have for your microbiome. So another thing you have to really be careful of is you need to figure out the the foods that are sensitive to you. We all are different and there's all we're all going to have different foods that we consume that are more sensitive to us than to others. And so if we are constantly eating foods that, that increase the inflammation because of the sensitivity it causes in our body, then our bodies are never going to get well. So we have to take out those things that are causing these inflammation in our body. And those are the foods that are sensitive for us. So when you eat foods, I want you to really be conscious of how, what it's doing to your body. And notice if you have any types of reactions that are happening in your body. And in later podcasts, we'll probably go over more about how you can figure this out. But, you know, in the meantime, think about when you, after you eat a food, really pay attention to what it's doing to your body. Not just um, 
how you feel, but what it's doing in terms of, is it causing you to be gassy? Is it causing you to feel, you know, that your stomach's just sitting there full? Is it causing you to have a lot of belching? Is it causing you to kind of just not feel good or even have a headache or something like that? So there's lots of different symptoms. Kind of be more in tune. Don't just eat and run. You have to kind of pay attention to what's happening after you eat. The way that our bodies run is by nutrition. And so that is why the food that we eat is so important for us. So we hope you've enjoyed this uh, podcast. We've talked a lot about what is gut health, the microbiome, things that we can do to enhance our gut health, things that we can do to um, diminish our gut health. But most important for you is make the simple changes. You know, it's not always the big changes that get us healthy. A lot of times it's just the simple changes. So we just encourage you to listen to what we've talked about. Start incorporating some of those things. Always educate yourself on more things because it's not just what we're telling, but there's a lot of great information out there. We listen to stuff all the time, and that's what we encourage everyone to do that listens to our podcast. So thanks very much for listening. And we'll see you next week. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Be Healthy Naturally podcast, helping to make natural health care the standard, not the alternative. The more knowledge you have empowers you to make changes in your life, and because of this, your life will be elevated. Remember, your health journey is between you and your doctor. This podcast is not meant to diagnose or treat any conditions. However, if your healthcare goals are not being met by your current healthcare provider, then take control of your health and please find a doctor who is in harmony with your healthcare goals. If this episode was helpful, and if you know anyone who can benefit from our podcast, share and leave a review. Sometimes all it takes to be our best self is just to elevate our learning.